Let's hit up the hotline and welcome in Dr. Chris Crane from Tulsa Bone and Joint, TulsaBoneandJoint.com. Dr. Crane, how are you, sir? Oh, no. Did we lose him? Dr. Crane? I think we might have lost him. Let me call him back. He's How's it si- working? Oh, there hey. we go. Hey, you're back. Magic. We got you. Yeah, there's a, there's a signal dead area, but I got through it. How was your fourth? It was fantastic. We had a good time. Lots of fireworks right near our house, too. We didn't have to actually even go anywhere to see some pretty impressive displays. I think the neighbor's... Spent everything they had on that. It was pretty good. <laughs> it's always great, right? A great display when you don't have to spend any money on them. That's perfect. Just look out the window. You could feel them. It was, it was good. Yeah. Let's just hope they uh, ended up going back home with all of their digits after such a magnificent, magnificent display. Good. I'm glad that you had a uh, good time uh, spent with family. Um, someone that's not having a good time right now, though, is Mike Trout. A broken hammock bone. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked about one of these, at least in, in my past experience. So, Doc, let's begin, first of all, with location and actually what that bone does that seemingly is hurt quite often with baseball players compared to any other sport. Absolutely. It's a one of the bones in the wrist. The wrist is complex. Everybody thinks of the wrist with the forearm. Uh, the radius and the ulna that come down past those bones are the carpal bones. There's eight of them. And the hamate specifically is one right at the base of the fourth and fifth metacarpals. So kind of below the ring and pinky fingers, uh, but closer to the wrist than to the palm. And it's got a pretty important location. It's got a little hook uh, shape on the edge of it. And it has tendon attachments and 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 has nerve running next to it and that hook ends up in the way for a lot of racket sports so we talk about that with baseball and we see this also with tennis you can with hockey or skiing anything that causes you to grip something puts that object up against that hamate bone and improper it falls or any kind of contact or just checking with a bat can actually put a lot of pressure on that bone and can break it uh, which sounds like exactly what he's had happen to him. So from what I understand, you can basically break these up into two groups. There's the hook fracture and then there's the body fractures. I mean, I mean, that sounds pretty simple enough. Like a hook fracture would be part of the hamulus and then the rest of it would be the actual bone that makes up the body of it. Is Am I on the right track? Yeah, the main distinction is that that hook it serves such an important function in terms of attachments and nearby nerves that you get a little more symptoms and you worry a little more about if it's going to heal well from that type of fracture. When it's the body, the main issue is that does it involve the joint or not. If it's uh, what we say extra articular outside of the joint, then a lot of times they don't even, they don't even need surgery. They'll heal pretty well. It does take time and that's kind of what i saw some of the focus being on the stories with him was that we're looking at probably close to eight weeks okay to really truly get through the recovery process not just the time that he's going to have to immobilize it but also the rehab after uh, and I, I suspect that's kind of what we're looking at is a non-operative recovery time frame so is this kind of I, I know what happens in in racket sports and baseball 
How common is this just for the average Joe? It doesn't seem like that this is one that happens very often other than in situations like this. No, the the handmaid's definitely more predisposed to injury if you're holding on to an object uh, and it kind of gets pushed into the palm. Outside of that, I wouldn't expect these are a very common injury for most people. Uh, you're probably looking at just a handful of a percent uh, for, for the normal average person. Being in any kind of sport with a racket or a club is going to dramatically increase the number of these you see. But I, even the that, I don't know that I would label these as ultra common. Um, it's just kind of in a higher risk position. So in terms of healing, how well does this typically heal? If it doesn't involve the joint uh, cartilage of the actual joint or any of the connections next to it with other carpal bones, uh, and he's not having any kind of nerve issues if it's a hamate uh, hook problem, then these tend to heal really well. They just need time. I wouldn't expect a lot of complications from a simpler fracture, uh, and especially in his case, wanting to get back to, as we usually talk about, some pretty high levels of athleticism. I still think that eight weeks is probably about right, barring any actual complications or any poor healing that he has or any extra stuff that wouldn't be expected normally. But given kind of how the the bone structure is and where it's at, once he's back and fully healthy, you don't really, from what I understand, have any adverse effects. Is that correct? Shouldn't. No, you shouldn't necessarily expect it to be any like more likely to be re-injured. You wouldn't expect any necessarily long-term issues uh, with a simple fracture outside the joint, not involving especially if it doesn't involve the hook of the handmaid, that, that really simplifies it another layer. And so I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, they did not seem to specify in his reports whether it was a hook of the handmaid fracture or if this was a body of the handmaid fracture. Um, but again, with simpler non-displaced fractures that aren't causing neural compression or other issues, this, this should just need time. Not to say that you know, that's not frustrating to wait you know, six to eight weeks or a little more to get back to everything, but as far as injuries go, that's that's not terrible. So I, guys like that, when they have an injury, I mean, the first thing they do is throw them under x-ray to check this out. Uh, if you didn't have an x-ray, how would you diagnose this? What, what does it feel like? Do you have reduced grip strength? Uh, is there a certain pain in a certain portion of, of the wrist? Is it under your little finger? What does one of these actually feel like when you experience one? So it's just past the wrist uh, on the palm side of the hand, uh, and it's it's a little bony prominence. Sometimes you can even, in the right person, kind of feel the edge of that hamate bone, and it's something that would be point tender on that spot. Grip strength is definitely going to be down. It's going to limit how much pressure it's allowed to handle, and it's, that fracture is not going to want added pressure across it. And it's not going to allow those fourth and fifth fingers to get a good squeeze at that side. So grip strength will definitely be down. You'll see some swelling in that area, maybe some bruising as well. Uh, And that should all be kind of fitting the constellation of the location of the bone. And even that, the mechanism of the injury, just the, again, holding those those baseballs or tennis clubs, they really do put the pressure on that spot. And that's, that's the risk. Uh, that we worry about with that bone. Yeah, and I think you kind of answered this a little bit earlier. Final question on this is um, it either you get hit in the wrist with a ball while you're at bat or just taking an average swing. Is there that much force and that much pressure, right, in taking a swing that you could that you could actually fracture that? 
it can be done. Usually it's it's not a normal swing. It kind of where you it's more like a check with the bat that kind of changes the dynamics of the swing so that you're trying to stop that force instead of follow through and lets the, the force transmit more to the hamate bone as opposed to kind of moving through the wrist and onward. Um, and again, we see this some with falls where you're not necessarily with baseball as much, but things like tennis, if you fall with the racket in your hand and then you hit the ground, the ground can have the force necessary to really push on that bone and lead to fractures. So it can be an extra layer of complication um, if there's extra trauma, because then you worry about if anything else got hurt or if it is displaced or the things like that. Um, but uh, typically speaking, this should be something that a normal swing doesn't have a huge risk of breaking. It's it's kind of a modified swing. Okay, last one as we shift to a different team, and that is Drew Verhagen, the right-handed pitcher for the Cardinals. Um, right hip impingement placed on the 15-day DL. Now, he recently, um, in 2022, had missed the entire season, missed most of that year after undergoing surgery to repair a torn labrum in his hip. So now that he's having this right hip impingement, um, how do you go about the process of trying to heal or fix what the problem is with an impingement after coming off of a surgery in 2022? What's the process here for this right-hander for the Cardinals? Almost certainly they're going to start with functional rehab. They're going to try to retrain the muscles. The impingement in the hip is similar in concept to the impingement we see in the shoulder. The motion is leading to a pinch, typically of either the muscle or the labrum and the cartilage in the hip. And that motion may just be because certain muscles have gotten a little weak or certain ones have gotten a little tight. And so mechanically, if they can work on the strength and the flexibility around the hip, all the way up into low back and core muscles, that can sometimes correct the motion that's leading to that impingement. Uh, and definitely they're going to probably have them on anti-inflammatories trying to calm down the swelling that can build up from that repetitive impingement as well. Sounds like this is not something new to him and something that uh, he's been fighting before. Impingement like that can actually lead to some labral issues and some I'm suspicious that that may be something he's been fighting more long term and it's just particularly flared up at the moment. Um, but the first thing they're going to do to answer your question is good rehab. Yeah. And I believe he had already had a couple of cortisone shots leading up to this before they decided, okay, now we're going to go ahead and put you on the 15 day DL and, and really try to address this uh, in a more aggressive fashion. Doc, always good stuff, man. Glad you had a, a good fourth, got to hang out with the fam and we always appreciate your time here on the Blitz 1170. Absolutely. See you next week. That's Dr. Chris Crane joining us here. 918-392-1400. That will send you to the main campus at Tulsa Bone & Joint, tulsabonejoint.com, the website as well. And they'll be able to point you in any direction that you might need. Website, you can request an appointment. All the locations, Tulsa, Bartlesville, Owasso, Sand Springs, and their physical therapy center here in Midtown Tulsa. I mean, the services and treatment that you can get at Tulsa Bone & Joint. It's where I trust them with my family, multiple procedures uh, through our, our family unit. If I could trust them, you can as well. They always do an incredible job of getting you back to action ASAP. It is 159 here on the Blitz 1170. We are approximately 10 minutes or so away from our next guest. We will talk a little Oklahoma State recruiting. Baxley McLean will join us from 24-7 Sports, who covers Oklahoma State at 210 right here on the Blitz 1170.